0: The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to HopeInTigard.com. I'll ask you to please stand for the Gospel message this morning. These are the works and words of Jesus. And as I mentioned before, this is a text that is read every year on this Sunday. chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. I'll ask you to join me after I finish this reading in proclaiming this gospel with me. I'll say, this is the gospel of the Lord, and I'll ask you to proclaim with me, praise the for Christ. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them You can go ahead and be seated. Every so often, we come to a text where, as a pastor, I get really intimidated about preaching on it. And over my short experience, my year and a half of preaching, I've found that that happens for one of two reasons. Either one, it's a very familiar story where it it becomes difficult to try and apply something new or teach something new. You know, it's kind of almost like um, driving home from work or driving home from school, where you know every turn, you know everything that you're going to see, and so while you're driving, you can kind of just go on autopilot. And so that kind of makes preaching on a text... Intimidating. And sometimes I'm intimidated by a text where you come to it and and you see that this text is so pivotal. It's a key to unlocking Jesus. And so you want to come as the preacher to this text and turn that key and open the lock so that people can see Jesus for who he truly is for them, for the world. Sometimes you get a text where it's both kind of what we have today we have a text that unlocks all of the gospel you have a text that unlocks the gospel according to matthew and we have a text that is perhaps very familiar and so familiar that i might not even be able to make a dent in it here today with you but i'm gonna try so to begin i want to give you two observations that i made that led me to an, a little bit of a thesis And the thesis is this, that perhaps the wise men aren't as wise as we think. Here's my first observation. The wise men, they saw the star in the east. They followed it until it disappeared. Where did they end their journey? Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the easy and natural place to end your journey. Because if you're looking for the king of the Jews, where are you going to go? You're going to look to the capital city of the Jewish people. It's the smart answer, it's the natural answer, it's not the wise answer. Had the wisdom of God, they would have known that Jesus would not be hanging out in a kingly crib, he would be. My second observation is this, that after they got to Jerusalem and they couldn't find him initially, what did they do? They started asking anybody who would listen to them, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? Matthew recorded to us the result of that, that Herod was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him, right? Now we can give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they didn't know all of the international politics. They, they might not have known that Herod himself was a homicidal person. He had killed most of his family because they were trying to take away his throne. Maybe they didn't know that. But also, you, it's just not wise to go into a capital city during that time and start asking, where's the real king? Herod was disturbed. All of Jerusalem with him. And, and, and if you keep on reading in Matthew, you will see that the wise men almost got Jesus killed. If God had not directly intervened in a dream with Joseph, Jesus would have been killed. Maybe the wise men aren't as wise as me. Do you know why they're called magi? Um, I did some realistic searching here, not that much. But magi is still a word that exists in the English language. You just add one letter to it, the, word, the letter C, and it, you get Magic. That's where that word comes from. The the magi, they were people who were in tune with kind of the secrets of the time. They were technologically advanced. They were scientifically advanced. They were astronomers. They knew a lot of things. They were wise men. And so they were called magi. But, observation. They had all of this knowledge. They were respected by the people. There's all kinds of speculation that they were even priestly people doing priestly functions, that in tune with the people. And yet, what does that tell you about wisdom? It tells you that the wise of the time knew they didn't have it all. They knew that they didn't know what they needed to know, and so they came to Jesus. and And this is going to be something that I'm going to push on in a really big way today. I'm going to push on this that we need to know. Wisdom of the world. We need the wisdom of God. We need. Jesus. I say this because it's something that most people don't ever get to understand in their life that you don't have true wisdom until you have the wisdom of of God. You can have all of the world's wisdom and you can still miss it. You look at the wise men, you look at Herod. Herod, he was a king. He was up in a palace. He had everything going for him, but he missed the fact that he was a king who needed a king to save him. Missing the wisdom of God. And then you get the chief priests and the teachers of the law in this account. It's always boggled my mind About how they didn't go bother to to check. They lived in Jerusalem, about two miles away from Bethlehem. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, they would have known about the shepherds who had gone into Bethlehem and the surrounding villages praising God and saying, Look, we had a crowd of angels telling us that the Messiah is born. They would have known. And it boggles my mind that they never sent anybody to Bethlehem to go and see if there was a baby. Why would it be that they wouldn't have checked? They didn't know how badly they needed a Savior. Why I'm pushing on this so hard today. We need to know that the wisdom of the world is not enough. We need the wisdom of God. Here's what the wisdom of the world says about a few things. The wisdom of the world says that, that you have to have an identity. And you have to have an identity that is in tune with who you are. But here's what it looks like when you have an identity that's based in who you are. Who you are changes based on your life circumstances, based on your desires. And so every time one of those things changes, your identity is shattered and you have to put yourself back together from square one. The world's wisdom will tell you that you have to have a purpose, a reason for being alive, and then it will never tell you, never give you any help in how to do that. The wisdom of the world will tell you that, that you are special and that you are primed for excellence and to be able to make an impact on the world. And then in the same breath, it'll tell you that you just got to be content with who you are. And it'll give you no help in doing that. The Wisdom of the world—it's not enough for them. We need the wisdom of God. It's a—it's almost funny how the, the way that God taught the wise men this lesson. He put a star in the sky, and they followed it until it just poofed right out of existence. And they had to use their own wisdom to try and find Jesus. And, and the reason I say it's almost funny is because these guys were astronomers. It's one of the things that they were known for is, is getting wisdom out of the sky and putting it into practice in people's lives. And so God says, here's your star to follow, but it's not going to get you there. How did the wise men find Jesus. They only found out he was in Bethlehem when they heard the words of the prophets that the Savior of the nations is going to come Bethlehem. And then as soon as they went to Bethlehem, what happened? The star popped right back into the sky and they were overjoyed about it. What does this show you about wisdom? It shows you that the wisdom of the world is not enough and God's wisdom only comes from the Bible. That's the only place you can find Jesus. You want to find Identity in the Bible what does the Bible say about your identity it doesn't come from who you are it comes from whose you are it's never going to change and it's always going to be perfect you want to find out what your purpose is in life look in the words of the scripture written by the one who created your life it's all there you want to know why your life is worth living look in the Bible see what God has planned for you it's all there need the wisdom of God. The wisdom of the world is not enough. Now, I'm going to continue to push on this because it's so important for us to know that the wisdom of the world is not going to be wisdom. What the world does with wisdom is it takes wise things and it calls them foolish. It takes foolish things and it calls them wise. Um. The best way that I have to to talk about that is with the wise men themselves. I talked about that a little bit with the kids, but almost everything that we kind of talk about with wise men is all based on tradition. It's not based on historical fact. Um, We don't know how many wise men there were. We don't know when they arrived. We certainly don't know that they were kings, and we know that there, we know this pretty certain, there probably wasn't a little drummer boy. And we don't know what their names were. All of this comes from tradition. It comes from from maybe third- or fourth-hand witnesses. What we do know is about why they came. But here's the thing that I'm driving towards. We call these people wise men. Matthew didn't. He called them magi. We call them wise men. Matthew called them magi. Now, magi for Matthew would have meant a lot of things, but it would not have meant wisdom. Magi for Matthew, he was referring to the fact that they were pagans. They were people who who helped out in worshiping false gods. They were also ethnically very far away from God. They were geographically very far away from Jesus. And so what Matthew is doing by calling them magi is he's not drawing attention to the fact that they are learned individuals. He is drawing attention to the fact that these are the last people that you would expect for God to draw to himself. That's what Matthew's doing, and we call them wise. See, what we do is we take wise things and we call them foolish and we take foolish things and we call them wise. I'm going to continue to push into this. You can talk about this in a lot of different ways. I'm going to talk about it like this. Every generation thinks that they have the truth. That they have figured out how to live. Every generation thinks. Think that we've got it figured out i think that's historically true all the way back to the beginning of time maybe there were some humble generations but i don't think so every generation lifts up its own cultures its own trends its own ideals and says we have it figured out and every generation in the past is wrong and backwards and regressive there's a cycle that goes every 20 25 years or so there's a cycle that repeats the next generation will say, "I can't believe they used to believe that that was good." Every generation, that and I know I'm a young man, and I have not seen this play out. And so I take this observation from uh, another pastor named Tim Keller. He takes this observation from a Christian philosopher named C.S. He calls this problem the problem of chronological snobbery. The idea that each generation They've got it figured out, and that every past generation has everything wrong. We can observe this in smaller ways. How, how supposed wisdom is always changing. You no, know, health wisdom, medical wisdom is always changing. It wasn't that long ago. I, I wish I would have talked to my nurses here. It wasn't that long ago that bloodletting was great medical practice. It wasn't that long ago wisdom changes. Scientific wisdom changes. When I was a kid, Pluto was a planet. Scientific wisdom changes. Health wisdom changes. I have no idea whether I'm supposed to eat butter. I don't know if coffee is good for me. I don't know if anything is good for me because every other day the, the wisdom Parenting wisdom changes. It changes so much and it changes so quickly. 10, 20 years ago, you're supposed to let your, your baby cry it out a little bit so that they can learn to self-soothe. Now the common wisdom is that if you let your baby cry too much you're going to psychologically damage them for the rest of their life. Wisdom changes. Supposed wisdom changes and and wisdom here means knowing that everything that is not eternal is eternal. True wisdom is knowing that every piece of wisdom that is not eternal. True wisdom True wisdom means looking in the scripture for what is true. True true wisdom means looking in the scriptures to see what's true about yourself. None of us deserve Jesus. That we're just like the magi. That we're just about as far away as you can get from Jesus. You can't get much further. You can't get further. True wisdom means knowing that our sin condemns us and that without faith in Jesus, we are condemned to death and hell. True wisdom means knowing that child in the main. To obey perfectly for us to die innocently for us to rise Eternally for us so that we could rise eternally. True wisdom means knowing that none of the wisdom that we have for ourselves. This is my first sermon. I know that it's the second Sunday in... January here. If you made New Year's resolutions, I hope you're sticking, sticking to them. I know it's already but I'm going to give you another one. This year. The wisdom of Jesus. Let the wisdom of the world come. Let Jesus be everything for you. This year, in your heart, continue making that journey through the scriptures to Bethlehem. Kneel before your time. I help you hold to that New Year's resolution. I'm, I'm going to kind of make an announcement here that from now until Easter, every Sunday we are going to hear a word from the I want us to hear his wisdom, I want to see what I want us to see together what he teaches. So we can hold to the of God. It's his son, Jesus. Born for us, died for us, lives so that we will live forever. Dear Father, we thank you for this magnificent story of the magi, these improbable people that you drew to your yourself. We ask that as we enter this new year, that you draw us to your Son in the same way, so that we might believe his words and trust his works, trust in his wisdom in your greatness.